One o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon means it's time for Post to Post. Alan Wishart in the host chair to get things started. Reg will be joining me a little bit later, but we're going to get the show started with Lorlin Murdoch, the Director of Athletics and Recreation up at UNBC. Good afternoon, Lorlin. Good afternoon, Alan. Now, is it fair to say the event coming up in November is the biggest non-sporting event that the UNBC Athletics Program has? Uh, yes, absolutely. It, it's for sure the, the biggest non-sporting event we have, and it's our ninth annual coming up. Yeah, now, one thing that people need to be aware of, because if I remember correctly, I think, it was, was it just last year it became Legacy Night? That is correct. We had It was Legacy Breakfast for the first uh, seven years, and last year we, we transferred transition into a legacy night and we're continuing on with that again this year so why did why did you move tonight was it because you couldn't get any of the students to show up for the breakfast <laughs> no no that wasn't the case alan we uh, we decided to transition it to a night event just so we could have an opportunity to socialize and have our our donors socialize and our guests as well as as our athletes kind of intermingle and see if we could get people to stick around a little longer and get to know what we're all about and now this year uh, guest speakers, technically, and I, is this the first time that you've had local athletes or local people actually live? Because I know a couple of years ago, I think during COVID, you had John Cooper, who's local, but he was doing it remotely, wasn't he? Yes, that's correct. We had John um, as a virtual event during COVID, and this year, um, both Chantal and Warren are local, and they will be live. Okay, so now for people who don't know. Can you give us a little bit of background about Chantel and Warren Grafton? Yeah, for sure. So Chantel and Warren Grafton are both <clears throat> alumni of UNBC. Um, they did not play on one of our varsity teams, but they are very active with our Northern Sports Centre, and they are high national competitive athletes um, in the community. And a few years back, Chantel had a, a life-altering accident, which... Uh, has kind of turned their world upside down and her story of resilience and what they have done since to keep sport in their life is is outstanding and it's something that they're going to be sharing with the entire community. Now, as I understand it, it was a mountain biking accident and it left her, I, I believe, a quadriplegic? That's correct. She's a quadriplegic. Wow. And so now, I, I'm not saying that there may be a pattern developing here, but I seem to recall last year, the guest speaker was one of the survivors of the uh, Humboldt Broncos bus crash. Are you? I hope this isn't a theme. No, no, it's not a theme. Um, you know, we're really going uh, out and looking for very inspiring people, and it just happens to be that you know Caleb had some availability, mm -hmm. and his story is outstanding, and as Chantel's, and I think that um, both of those stories have taken things that have affected their lives in a potentially very negative way, and they've made um, very positive strides in how they, they continue living today. Now, just for people who don't know, what is the purpose of the Legacy Night? So the Legacy Night is a fundraiser for student-athlete awards um, at UNBC. So it's the one and only event where we um, solicit sponsorship and donations that go 100% towards the recruitment retention of our student-athletes here at UMBC. So with recruitment and retention, would that um, possibly cover stuff like scouting trips for coaches and stuff? It's mostly, it's, well, I, was, <laughs> I can say it's 100% geared towards just the funds going towards the student-athlete. So it'll help, with, help student-athletes with things like their tuition, some tuition mm. costs or some book mm. costs. 
Um, so we, we subsidize uh, the key recruits a little bit to, to leave their hometowns and come to UMBC and, and play for us and support the community. Now, obviously, the fact that this is the ninth annual means it's been fairly successful. Yeah, so it's it's been amazing. Um, the first year we had Haley Wickenheiser, mm. and that started out, us out on a really good foot, and we've just been gaining momentum with last year being the highest amount of money we've ever raised to date. And now, was last year's the first live event back after a couple of years with COVID? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so that, again, was probably something that helped with the fundraising, was people were looking for a chance to get out. And again, as you said, it was also the first Legacy Night. Yeah, we and we, we hope that we're going to get some momentum from that. So um, last year being post-COVID, people were itching to <laughs> have a social event, and now that we've kind of, uh, you know, moved to that that platform of the evening, we're hoping that it, it's a, a, a really nice social evening. It's there's no work the next day for the majority of people so they can enjoy themselves and, and you know, talk and mingle with some of our student-athletes and get to know the speakers. Actually, I don't think, because we were thinking, we were talking about it being Legacy Night, and I mentioned at the very top of the thing that it was in November. I don't think we gave the date or the time or the location. Well, the event is going to be on Thursday, November the 9th, and the location this year is the Coast Inn of the North. Okay. So that's obviously something. Because I think it, did you used to hold it up at UNBC? Yeah, we've had it at a very, various locations. We, um, we've had it off campus. We've had it on campus in our Northern Sports Center when it was a breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then we've had it the last few years has been off campus again. Okay. And now what is sort of the schedule of events? Like when does everything get going? Is there a time where you know, people can show up before the event to mingle beforehand? Yeah, for sure. So we're, we're going to have doors open, I do believe, around 6.30 with, mm-hmm. um, and with, with appetizer and ability to, uh, to have some drinks and socialize with the main, main event starting about 7.30 with Chantel and, uh, and Warren's keynote. And then we will finish off the evening with um, silent and live auction. Ah, okay. So, so, so do you have any, because that's still, what, about a, almost two months away yet, but do you have any idea at all at this point what some of the items might be? You know what? We're, we're working on that. We okay. had some outstanding items last year, and you know that we have a fantastic committee that's working on that as we speak. So, you know, we'll probably trickle those out to me, public knowledge, <laughs> um, in the next months, and trying to to get to do a ticket sale push. And now tickets are on sale now, aren't they? They are. They just went on sale here um, at the beginning of the month, um, and you can purchase them online with the link on our UMBC Timberwolf website. Okay, and now how much are they? I hate to I hate to bring up this sordid question of money, but how much are they? Tickets are $125 per person. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are a UMBC alumni, they are $100 per person. Okay. And now are there any, um, shall we say, breaks if you buy a number of tickets? Um, that is a great question, and I would have to refer to the website, but okay. we do also sell tables. Um, and with a table, it's a table of eight, which will then include a couple student athletes. Ah, okay. And so and then after the keynote speakers and everything, that's when, as you were saying, there's more time for people just to socialize and chat with others. Yeah, before and after. So before the event starts, there'll be a, a solid hour there for people to take a look at the, the auction items and to have some appetizers and a few drinks. Um, and then post-event, um, we'll, we'll again finish off with that live and silent auction, but there will be a little bit of time as well where they continue to socialize. No. 
Now, I haven't, I forgot to check the schedules before I came over. Is that a weekend where the um, soccer and basketball teams are off? So the soccer teams will be done by November. Okay. Uh, and the basketball teams, I do believe, will be on the road. So they uh, will be in attendance, but they will be heading out for their games the following day. Okay. So they'll be sticking around, but they may not stick around too long after the dinner. Correct. Correct. <laughs> With the coaches herding them out. Yeah, that's right. They got curfew. <laughs> yes. So from what you've heard over the years, do the athletes really enjoy this sort of thing as well, the chance to socialize with people from the community? Oh, for sure. And part of the reason we went back to having tables this year was last year we had stadium seating and the interaction with the athletes and the guests wasn't the same mm-hmm. as when we had them at the table. So we're going back to the table, including the athletes at the tables, and then it provides them an opportunity to meet some of the some of the people from this community, some of the donors, uh, some of the sponsors, and they very much enjoy it. It's, it's very targeted. You know, we typically have some of the young athletes, some of the older athletes. Um, we can pair up based on what their interests are post-secondary when they're graduated with some of the businesses in wow. town. And it's just a, it becomes a networking event. Yeah. So it it's a community event. It's a sports event, but it is also a little bit of a business event. For sure. And the majority of, of tables that we, we've been selling are to businesses and they're, mm-hmm. they're bringing their staff and they're using it as a, a bit of a professional development or they're using it as a, as a reward for, mm-hmm. for hard work over the year. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And again, that's another good reason then why it should be a legacy night, not a legacy breakfast, because I'm going to reward my staff by making them go to a breakfast. That's right. You don't have to get up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Laura Lynn, again, when, where, how can people get tickets for the Legacy Night? So, yeah, so uh, Legacy Night, November 9th. Tickets on sale via the website, unbc.ca backslash Timberwolves. From there, you will find a link for online ticket purchases. And at any time, you can always give us a call at 250-960-6360 or email athletics at unbc.ca for further information, and we'll always get back to you. Laurel and Murdoch, thank you very much. I'm sure we'll be chatting again as the as time goes by. Awesome. Thanks, Alan. Okay. So, so. again, it sounds like another very good legacy night coming up. I have to keep reminding myself it's not the legacy breakfast anymore. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, I think it's a good move. Yeah. I know I went to one of the breakfasts, and it, it definitely yeah. uh, throws your day out of whack, I would say, well, is yeah, and- the biggest and the other thing is, like, you know, after the keynote speaker and everything, there's not probably a lot of time for some people to hang around and chat. Oh, exactly. They they really have to uh, uh, book off to work. Right? Yeah. And quite often, uh, people would have to leave early. So Yeah. And even some of the students probably have, like, early morning courses, and they've got to take off for those, too. Yeah. Of course they have to go to their courses. What are you guys thinking out there? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Let's get started. The same way we start most times when we get down to the local sports angle, Jerry Young. Sure. He had himself a week. Oh, another good one, eh? <laughs> Not just a good one. He was the International League Player of the Week. Okay. Six games last week. He went 11 for 24, so that's a four fifty eight batting average. Mm-hmm. Six home runs, 10 RBIs. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean... 
Well, six home runs and ten RBIs. That means he wasn't getting a lot of help from his teammates. Nobody was getting Nobody on base. Nobody was getting on base. Yeah. So for the season now with the Iowa Cubs, hitting three twelve, fourteen doubles, one triple, twenty one home runs now. Yeah. Sixty seven runs scored, seventy one runs driven in, four twenty on base, and five eighty slugging. So a week that just brought his numbers up across the board. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and again, it's it's. Um, yeah, hard to say. Yeah. You know, it's that that thing where, yeah, he's, he's obviously better than double A or triple A. But, yeah. But, yeah, being able to trans get that, uh, make that jump to the majors, that's that's going to yeah. be the next part, right? And, and one thing I was checking today when I was checking the stats, because, of course, one of the things we talked about is that he has problems against, what is it, left-handed pitchers give him trouble? Or right-handers? I can't uh, remember. There's, there's well, he's one a left-handed it. batter. Yeah. So it's probably left-handed pitchers who... Yes. Yeah. Well, I looked at his numbers because they did have the splits for this season okay. for AAA. Mm-hmm. And it may have even included the majors because it was just one set of numbers. He was hitting over 290 against both sides. Okay. So, but again, the number of at-bats at the AAA level is so much greater that at the major league level, he could have been hitting like 220 one side and 290 the other and the 220 would sort of disappear when you add in all of his triple-a at-bats right so yeah but uh i was talking about this with a couple of my friends yesterday evening yes i do have friends reg get that get that smirk off your face and one of them was saying he would be interested in seeing if um jared may be traded to another team well that's that's what i'm thinking too is is you you have this uh triple-a uh, player who is Oof. guns just guns a blazing yeah offensively and you really don't have a spot for him on your no. team maybe the a trade would be in the yeah. works right and again he's been playing first third and a couple of outfield positions and he plays them all quite well i think he's only still got one air all season right so it's not like you're getting um just an offensive threat. Yeah. yeah, you're not getting a guy who can only DH because he has no idea what a glove looks like. Yeah, but uh, and he's also not like a um, well to draw an example from the major leagues, a Kyle Schwarber who's up around 40 home runs and is hitting like 201. Right. Jared's not hitting quite that for power, but he's hitting 300. Yeah. So he's getting on base, and again, yeah, just this I think is probably his best. I. I'm going to check for next week because they've got about a week and a half left in their schedule. Mm-hmm. And then they will be in the playoffs. I think I was mentioning last week, they Iowa won the first half of the International League season. Right. So, so they will the go into a playoff against the second half winner at the end of the season. Right. I think that's a best of three. And then whoever wins the International League goes to play the Pacific Coast League winner, and it's a one-game take-all. Yeah. So it's a pretty quick playoff system they've got. No, for sure. Yeah. But uh, no. So uh, keep an eye on Jared, see how he does this coming week. Yeah. We know he's not going to be up in the uh, majors unless there's an injury. I believe they can still call him up if there's an injury. Right. Because he's on the 40-man roster and everything. Yeah. So. But uh, the Cub and the Cubs are still right in the thick of things. Yeah, Cubs are doing well. Uh consistently winning enough to stay 
Yes. Right there in the hunt. And I, I, don't, I, I don't see them missing the playoffs. No. That's what a lot of the teams seem to be doing. Like, even the Blue Jays. They lose a few games and you're saying, okay, it's over. And then they win a few and all of a sudden they're right back in it. That's what everybody seems to be doing. Well, yeah, but for the Blue Jays uh, oh. coming in against Texas. I know. And I said, well, if they sweep Texas in a oh. four-game series, it's done. Yeah. But. Now the best they can do is split. Yeah, the best they can do is two for two. Yeah. Uh, two and two. And really all that means is nothing's changed after the series no. except you have less games to yes. solidify your spot in the playoffs. Yeah. The one good thing so, was coming in, the Blue Jays did have a half-game lead for that last wild-card spot. Right. But and, yeah. they're also looking at uh, battling two teams because it's Seattle yes. and Texas that are yeah. battling for the division lead and yeah. that other wild-card spot. Yes. So... Uh, and Seattle kind of cooled off here recently. Yeah. And Texas has been cold for a month. Oh, yes. And this is Until where... the last two days. <laughs> yeah. This is where it was prime opportunity for the Blue Jays to, to put a stranglehold on that yes. spot by just hammering Texas. Yeah. And then let, let Seattle win their division and we'll take the wild card. Yeah. But that's not the way it's working. Yeah. But uh, the three wild cards in the major leagues are doing what they're supposed to. They're keeping a lot of teams in it, and they're keeping interest up in a lot of cities right up until the end. Yep. So, okay, we are going to go to a quick break, and when we come back, we may be talking with somebody about skiing, but I'm not sure on Post to Post. Hey world, this is Michael Franti. This is Kanan. Oh, in the dark. Gogo Bordello. Hi, I'm Natasha Atlas. Greetings, this is Daniel Stevens. Justin Adams. This is Steve Riley of the Mamu Playboys. Talvin Singh, you're listening to Free Range Radio. Steve Berlin, Cesar Rosas. We're from Los Lobos, and you've discovered music with no borders and no boundaries. This is Cal Coach. The best artists in the world come home to World Beat Canada Radio. Join me each week for a ride on the global side. World Beat Canada Radio, Monday nights at 8 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Most everyone knows not to drink and drive and realizes that even small amounts of alcohol can be risky. But do we understand that drinking small amounts during the pregnancy can be harmful for the growing baby even in those early weeks before the pregnancy has been confirmed? We encourage you to learn more and to see what is happening in your community about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and join in working towards reducing both the impact and the incidence. This message has been brought to you by Angela Geddes Integrative Support and Wellness. AngelaGeddes.ca Forecast from Environment Canada for today, sunny with local smoke. Wind to the southwest 20K, a high of 19. Tonight, clear with local smoke, a low of 3 with a risk of frost. On Thursday, sunny with local smoke. Wind to the south of 20 starting in the afternoon and a high of 22. Okay, so uh, we're back, and no, uh, no, no one on the phone yet no. to talk about skiing. But I yes. will talk a little bit about the event uh, that's going on this weekend. It's the uh, uh, twenty, the Caledonia Nordic twenty twenty four Para Worlds six month six month out celebration. Yes. Now uh, I got the media release from Sandy Whitwam uh, last week about uh, this Saturday's event. And I, I wasn't really sure 
if it was open to the public, but she sent another one uh, <laughs> today to say, yeah, everyone's invited. I wonder if she had gotten some calls from people saying, well, yeah, is our, this a volunteer-only thing? Yeah. Or, no, exactly. Well, it's a volunteer sign-up thing as part of it. Well, part of the event is there's volunteer sign-up and, and uh, jacket sizing. Yeah. So if you've already volunteered or you want to volunteer, you want to be there uh, you know, to get your jacket size. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then they've got some uh, acknowledgement uh, on uh, funding partners and sponsors. Uh, there's also going to be para-biathlon triad demonstrations. Yes, which would be so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a volunteer or not. You can show up for that. And uh, the mascot will be on hand. And according to uh, Sandy, there will be plenty of cake. That, that I noticed she, I think she capitalized cake, cake. didn't she? Well, yes. it's it's an exclamation point yes. after uh, cake, lots of cake. And the other thing that we were hoping if they called in, and they still haven't, so I'm starting to think they won't because they, they're running on a very tight schedule today because of some flight cancellations. Yeah, you were actually going to be at the event today, yes. which was for the media to talk with some people, well, they but had, they had to change it. Yeah, they had the... Um, FIS representatives, which I think mm-hmm. is like Federation Internationale de Ski, and the new um, director of competitions, right? The probably hired specifically for the events, were going to be out at Otway today looking at the course. Yes. So we were hoping that we could get a phone call in with one or a couple of them. Well, originally you were going to be out yes. there, but yeah. there was a delay, yeah. and they had to push it back to yeah. a one o'clock uh, yeah. start. When so. When, yeah, yeah, not likely you're going to get a call at one no. twenty when they're getting together yes. at 1. So. Yeah. so it was a chance. Sandy didn't yeah. make any guarantees, no. but she said she would try. Yeah, so I'm, hoping, I'm, I'm thinking, hey. So anyway, uh, Saturday, it's 11, 11 o'clock start yes. uh, out at Otway, the Nordic uh, Caledonia Nordic, Nordic Ski Club. So, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a volunteer or you want to volunteer or you just want to take it in to have a look. You can head out there and uh, take part in some of the fun and uh, even do that little, uh, what do they call it, uh, para-biathlon triad demonstration. So that's uh, one of the options that you have to uh, enjoy this weekend out at Caledonia Nordic Ski Ski Club. And as I say, that's uh, 11 o'clock on Saturday. So did we get someone on the phone? Yeah, hey, Alan, this is John Alberg. Yes, and I understand you are the new, you're the uh, chief of competition, basically, for the para-biathlon. Yeah, we have the uh, para-Nordic, we call it, world championship this winter in March. It's the uh, biathlon world championship, Mm -hmm. and followed by, actually, the end-of-season World Cup finale for the cross-country skiers the following week. So we've got two weeks of great events here. And now, will they be using pretty much the same courses out at Otway, or is there enough out there that they can run separate courses? Uh, No, we're using a lot of the same courses. Some of these athletes, about 70% of them do both sports. You Mm -hmm. know, they're amazing people, yeah, Yeah. amazing athletes that, um, you know, are, are participating in two to high-level sports, so we're using a lot of the same courses as we did for, you know, last time the World Championship was here in 2019. Everybody was super happy with that, so we're repeating a lot, mm-hmm. just a couple of minor changes. Yeah. Now, how difficult, because I understand you're out there and you've got some of the FIS representatives with you, how difficult is it to look at the course without snow on it and imagine, okay, is this going to work with snow? 
Yeah, you know, it's a bit, but these are experienced yeah. people that are, this is not the first time they've done this, you know, and, and, uh, they, they visit and inspect and they have years and experience of experience. So, you know, and then the same with me, you know, mm-hmm. and it's actually, uh, nice to be able to walk it in the, in the summer too and see what, what's <laughs> underneath the snow, you know, if there's kind of potential problems with water or, or something like that, you know, so it's actually, it's, it's nice to, to be able to do that. Now, what are they looking at any of the other aspects of the event or is this basically a course um, inspection type thing or are they looking at things like the uh, grandstands the uh, timing facilities all that or is it basically just the course no this is the whole event okay. we're inspecting our all our plans you know uh, just from media plans mm-hmm. uh, broadcast plans you know uh, our, our plans for the facility, athlete facilities. So this is, the course is just a part of it, and we're just about to head out. We spent all day so far inside looking at our plans for, you know, uh, how to involve the community, our, our ceremonies down at the city center, which hotels they're going to stay at, our, our transportation system. So this is a, a, a everything type of inspection. And now are a lot of these plans sort of set in stone at this point then? Uh, some of them, well, we can't set much in stone no. until, you know, we've, we've reviewed it with them and they've mm-hmm. come with their suggestions. But, you know, so, some of it, we know which hotels we're going to use, yeah. you know, where the ceremony is going to take place. We, you know, we did this in 2019 and it was very successful. So it's not a copy and paste, but it certainly helps. And, mm-hmm. and some of those things we know is going to take place in, uh, and where, you know, and, uh, so, so that makes it a lot easier this time around. Yeah, and now 2019, that would have been in the middle of COVID as well, right? Uh, that was just before, you know, oh, just before, okay. you know, COVID hit. So, so uh, yeah. So, I mean, and now we have some some different plans, you know, uh, and we've learned. Uh, we all, the whole world, mm-hmm. have learned, you know, a few things these last two, three years, and and obviously now we we, we hear that. Some some COVID variant is 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 kind of coming mm-hmm. back, but so we just had our, our medical officer, you know, that's going to be our medical doctor during the event. She was here to to discuss that with FIS. Okay, and now so this is they've got the six month out event coming up on Saturday out there. Do you know if they have any other events? Like a lot of places will do like a hundred days out event as well. Have they said anything to you about stuff like that? Um. I'm not aware of that, but no. uh, you know, Sandy, our communications director, and then Kevin Pedersen, our, our, our uh, you know, the event president. Uh, you know, they they have a lot of plans for different uh, how to uh, you know make the community involved, and there will be other events, uh, absolutely. Uh, but the first one, you know, is the one coming up that is uh, six months out. Yeah. So now, John, how long? How long have you sort of allowed for this afternoon to do the course inspection itself with the other officials? Uh, uh, well, we only set aside, well, you know, we had to compress things because yes. uh, of flight problems. They're mm-hmm. basically a whole day late. So, you know, a two-day inspection ended up being a one-day. Mm-hmm. So we set, a, set aside the rest of the afternoon, you know, to, to be outside and, and uh, see how, how much, how long it takes, you know. Yeah. But... Uh, and then we're going to be uh, back a little bit to some details uh, after that. So it'll be a long day and, and all the way till dinner time for sure. Yeah. And now, are any of the trails that they're going to be using, uh, are they among the lighted trails so they can even maybe turn on the lights for you if you need them? <laughs> yeah, they are actually. 
yeah, it's a, this is an amazing facility, what they've done. I was there in 2019, and they a lot of upgrades. There's snowmaking now yes. everywhere. There's lights. Yeah, so, uh, but I'm hoping, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's not going to get dark until uh, 8, and the dinner is planned at 7, so <laughs> we're hoping to be done yeah. for sure. <laughs> okay. John, thank you very much for calling in and talking to us about what's happening out there, and I'm sure there's a chance we'll be talking to you again before the event. Yeah, sure. Enjoy that. And, you know, thanks for, for, uh, for taking the call and thanks for, you know, uh, promoting this event to, to, uh, to the community. No problem at all. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay, we're going to go to another quick break. When we come back, we're going to be shifting our focus to wrestling on Post to Post. The City of Prince George has launched a Civic Core District Plan Project, and they want your input. The plan is a guide that will define the long-term vision for the municipal properties in the downtown area that are near the Civic Center. It'll have strategies along with timelines for how to enhance the area while meeting the needs of those who live and work in the community. An online survey on the project is available through Friday at princegeorge.ca slash civic core district plan. The Prince George RCMP is currently investigating an arson that occurred during the September long weekend on the Mackenzie Lookout Forest Service Road. When employees returned to the site on Tuesday, September 4th, they found three of their machines burned beyond repair. The estimated cost of the damaged equipment is $1 million. If you have any information relating to this incident, please contact the Prince George RCMP's non-emergency line at 250-561-3300. I feel like we should be talking about some sort of a Halloween event after we start with also Sprock Zarathustra as the lead-in. But instead, we're talking wrestling. I have Davy Greenlees and The Mauler from Primetime Wrestling, but we're not actually talking in-the-ring wrestling as such today, are we? Well, kind of. Kind well, of. Yeah. 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 yeah, but it's not like belts. Yeah, we don't, uh, we're not here to talk about a show today. We're, no. We're here to talk about our new... Uh, uh, wrestling Development Center here in Prince George. Now, was this something you guys had been sort of looking at right from the word go? Because you've only had, what, two shows? Yeah, we've had two official shows under yeah. the primetime banner, and then we've, yeah, something we've always thought about doing again as well, so we could have some more local talent. Okay. And so now, what what is the Development Center all about? Like, do they just come in and pound each other for a little while, and you guys say, okay, you're doing good? Uh Sort of, but no. The, the, it is very structured, and uh, we're teaching right from the very basics and the beginning of what you need to learn with your uh, break falls and rolls, yes. and then moving into actual wrestling, mm-hmm. and then uh, it'll go from bigger and badder bumps from there. So now you've got, the, as I understand it, the first sort of class, if you will, has started. Yes. Now, how many people have you got in the class, and is that sort of the number you're looking at for future classes? Well, we've got eight students uh, working with us right now, mm-hmm. and uh, on October 1st, we're going to be doing uh, another tryout. So all the students that come in have to go through a tryout, um, and that gives them uh, two or three hours of some basic training to, to see if they can handle it, because lots of people think it's pretty simple, mm. and they need to go in and realize that it's really, really physical, and then is it something they really want to do? So we're going to be doing that October 1st, and then we'll be starting another class uh, shortly thereafter. Okay. So now, when 
what time and where on October the 1st, and how do people sign up for the tryout? Well, we'll have them uh, send us an email uh, uh, to our uh, training email, which is training at primetimecanada.ca, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll give out our location and the time uh-huh. for it. Because you, you don't want nasty, villainous wrestlers showing up to intimidate the young people. We haven't told Vance Nevada where it is yet, so okay. it's, uh, <laughs> we're, we're kind of keeping it under wraps. Okay, but the mauler does know. Oh, yes. Yes. That's right. I, I've been doing the head training down there, and uh, some of our students are, even though it's just been just over a week, are doing absolutely amazing. So now, where did, where did most of your students come from? Did, do do they have wrestling background? Like, were some of them wrestlers, say, in high school or in the Prince George Wrestling Club? Or? We have three of them right now that have uh, wrestling background. They did five years through amateur and high school, mm-hmm. and then the the one younger student did three years of uh, elementary wrestling. Okay. Now, I've often heard that, for the most part, if they've done, like, high school or even college wrestling... The first thing they have to learn when they if they decide to become professional wrestlers is forget a lot of that stuff. To to a degree, they 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 have to be able to keep the intensity, but not not so hard. That's uh, Mm. they they Mm. they need to learn to slow it down, and uh, a lot of the moves do transition over. Mm -hmm. But uh, they're just. Yeah, they they just push a little too hard on it. Yeah, and and obviously the guys with, the, with that level of training, that that yeah. that uh, um, wrestling training through school and that sort of stuff, they actually it's it's an easy transition for mm-hmm. them to because they understand you know the way the body flows and 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 how to make these the moves yeah. come alive. Uh, they know sort of what wrestling fitness is all about as well, because again, every sport has different fitness, doesn't it? Yes, really. Yeah. And, and then they're used to already doing a lot of the roles because we do mm-hmm. tons of roles yes. and they do tons of roles in wrestling because it's so very important for the break falls and uh, mm-hmm. being able to take care of yourself when you're landing. Yeah. Now, I have to ask because some people out there are probably wondering, in the development center as you're working through at the end of the course, if you will, do you give them the choice to be a uh, face or a heel? <laughs> Yes and no. Okay. It uh, depends on skill level. Okay. Uh, you, you need to, the heels need to be better. So if your skill level is better, then you can okay. become a heel. Yeah. But if not, then you'll have to start as a, as a face for sure in that because you'll need to be led by somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And again, though, as, as we've seen at every level of wrestling, it's very easy to change from one to the other. As you oh, yes. Along. Yes. That's right. Like how many times, how many times have you, Mahler, changed from being a heel to a face and back? Uh, it all depends where I am. Oh, okay. Yeah, so out here, I, I'm going to be my comment is uh, yeah. a lot of it depends on where we're taking them and what their right. what their role is going. Yeah, to so be. in BC, yeah. usually I'm a, I'm a baby face now. Okay, but when I'm in the Maritimes or when I was doing the death tours in Manitoba, I was definitely the heel. <laughs> and we all know where he is in our hearts. Yes, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that, baby. We won't go any further on that line. Is it tough sometimes remembering which role you're filling? Like if you've got a couple of cards fairly close to each other in uh, two different promotions? Younger in, in your career, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Further along in it, it's a lot easier to switch and do what you need to do just because you've been out there so much and you can read the crowds and yeah. uh, and, and know what you need to get done. Yeah, if you start to come to the ring and they're throwing things at you, you're going, that's right, I'm not the baby face today. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I, this is a really tough crowd. <laughs> 
So how are you finding, like, with the two full shows now under your belt as primetime wrestling here, good crowds for both of them. Are you finding that some of your wrestlers are starting to be accepted in their, a lot of the wrestlers are starting to be accepted in their roles? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, with our Facebook page and that, we, we oh. still have fans, like, calling out the bad guys and cheering the good guys <laughs> as soon as they see pictures. And uh-huh. we have a lot of involvement in the community already, and it's just going to keep growing. Yeah. It's pretty interesting when we post, uh, say, Sean Gaston, within uh, moments, like <laughs> seconds of posting a picture of him, somebody's on there, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't think about the fact that Sean is sitting at home looking at this and crying quietly. <laughs> well, I think he's probably looking at him like, screw you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's more realistic <laughs> for a heel. Now... Lineage will talk about this a little bit as well, even though I don't think there's any news on this front. Are you lo- you're look- obviously looking at a third card. Is there any sort of a time frame you're looking at at this point? We are looking at uh, getting another show here together. We had one planned for September, but we've put that on hold to get things moving mm-hmm. with the uh, mm-hmm. development center. Yeah. And we're looking... Uh, was it November, I think, is what we're kind yeah, of Yeah, close to the for. beginning of November. Okay. So we're hoping to get some things nailed down in the next few weeks, and then we'll be doing an announcement. Okay. Because I was thinking the other thing is your first two cards were both at Uta de Nebenau, the uh, Friendship Center type thing. Yeah, the, the House of Ancestors. House of Ancestors. Yeah. That's kind of hard to access right now, isn't it? A little bit. Yes. Yeah. So I was wondering if that might have played a little bit of a role in moving things back a bit. Yeah, there's a, a little bit change there, mm-hmm. and um, and of course we're always going to be looking for some room to grow. So yeah. So, is there with the November one then? Would there be a chance that some of the wrestlers currently in this first development center class might actually be making their debuts? They are moving along pretty quick, so it is possible. A small mm-hmm. chance. There's a small chance, yeah. but more than likely it'll be January shows that they'll get their debuts. Okay. Yeah. So you're still looking at about every two months or yes. so putting on a show. Yeah. Are there any plans to do any sort of, you know, I hate to use the term, but WrestleMania-type shows where you go for a bigger show? There has been talks with okay. some people within the city about doing bigger shows and bringing in bigger talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'd st- like to grow yeah. a little bit more first, but then there's definitely a chance that we can bring in some, some big former WWE stars or even AEW stars. Okay. Yeah. Because you guys only start. Your first card was? Technically, it was October, uh, a year and okay. a half. Uh, a year ago. I guess a year ago, yeah. 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 When, when we decided to put the tribute show on mm, for, our, that's right. for our, our fallen student. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, that lit the bug. And then, yeah, then we had uh, the March and the May shows that were just absolutely big and wonderful. Yeah. And you guys have obviously found a location that works, too. Yeah. Yes. House of Ancestors. Yeah. <coughs> so the crowds, because I have not been to either of them. What the? I'm sorry. Seriously? Alan. I'm sorry. <laughs> what can I say? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How much do the crowds get into it? And have you had any of the wrestlers say, okay, I was getting a little bit nervous about some of those people? The crowds are into it huge. Yeah. They, they've just been loud and screaming and mm-hmm. almost deafening at times. Uh, th- we haven't had to worry about that so much. You know, we keep the shows very family-orientated, so yeah. we're not really pushing the, the, the bad envelopes in that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we, the, the kids are just 
insane and just love it. Yes. Now, going to be wrapping this up pretty quick, but again, if people want to get into... Now, do you have age is that you're looking at for the development center? Uh, 16 above. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And then yeah. you, you will need parent consent and mm-hmm. with, with signing of the waiver forms and that as well. Okay. Yeah. And again, what's the email address if they want to go to the next tryout? It's training at primetimecanada, one word, yep. dot ca. Dot ca. Okay. I wrote down dot com because I'm a moron. Okay. And now there's one other thing I think... And, I, and we're on Facebook yes. and Instagram, so you can check out those... Posts. We're not news, so we we get to keep our pages. And I can I can testify personally that on Facebook they are very good about getting back to you. Yes. Yes. I mean, if they if they're willing to get back to me, they're they'll get back to anybody. (laughs) Now there is one other thing I've got to quickly mention before we leave, uh, because when we leave, the Mauler has another assignment this afternoon. Yes, I'll be heading over to the uh, the show home, the the hospice. uh, Show home and to uh, sell tickets between three and four. Yeah, because this is their spe- this is kind of their special day, isn't it? Where they've had like a guest guest celebrities all day long. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so, if the person you're replacing at three hasn't left when you show up, well, they're definitely going to be moving out of the chair for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the, and the chair the raffle table. Yeah, and the chair <laughs> might be going with them. That's right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> David Greenlees, the Mauler, thank you very much for coming in, bringing us up to date on primetime wrestling. And I'm sure we'll be probably talking again then in a little bit more than a month to talk about the November show. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Not a problem. Okay. Take another quick break and be back with more on Post to Post. The 31st Annual Antiques and Collectibles Fair is back this fall. September 30th and October 1st, check out a great variety of antiques and collectibles at the Rolodome. Admission is just $5, $4 for seniors and students, and children under 6 get in free. A weekend pass is just $8. In support of the South Bowl Community Association, the 31st Annual Antiques and Collectibles Fair, Saturday, September 30th from 10 to 5, and Sunday, October 1st from 10 to 4 at the Rolodome. Be on hand for another unforgettable, uplifting experience as the World Religions Conference invites you to celebrate their 18th anniversary. The topic of this year's free event is the question of timeless suffering. Admission is free with an East Indian dinner included in the Trinity United Church Conference Room at 5th and Union. For registration or more information, visit worldreligionsconference.ca or call 1-877-767-1965. The 18th Annual World Religions Conference, 630. 30 to 8.30, Monday, September 18th. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, sunny with local smoke. Wind from the southwest 20K, a high of 19. Tonight, clear with local smoke, a low of 3 with a risk of frost. On Thursday, sunny with local smoke. Wind from the south of 20 starting in the afternoon and a high of 22. Okay, so yep. that you're means gonna have to we, lead into this because I gave you a choice of what we're going to talk about. That means we, yes. Well, <laughs> I had uh, I had something else to talk about. Oh, okay. Then we go have, for we it. We have had two people now on the show today that have been uh, or or will be were or will be at the uh, uh, Dream Home Lottery oh. t- uh, selling tickets okay. uh, earlier. Uh, Darren Guess and Kylie Lewis Holt were both scheduled to be there. Yes. Darren showed up and he sold some tickets. <laughs> Kylie, she uh she texted on the phone or actually she said on the on the air that yeah. she's uh 
needs people to buy tickets and someone actually uh, messaged her and okay i'll get one from you <laughs> kind of cheating but well, i, I was about to say yeah that's definitely that, that's <laughs> yeah. not kind of cheating reg yeah yeah that, anyway that's so the mark of a true heel so yes yeah, right right so the mauler uh three o'clock oh, he said yes, right three he'll o'clock be, uh, at the hospice dream yeah and i will tell you this right now yes he'll be wearing the makeup and everything yeah but he is a nice guy yeah so don't let him in th- if you want to let him intimidate you into buying a ticket, but if you're do it, if you're showing up, chances are you're buying yes. a ticket anyway. So yes. just you know, don't don't uh, renege on that kind no. of uh, unwritten no. contract. And definitely, if you go out there, make sure you take the tour of the dream home as well. Like take a look through it because it again is as it is every year, just an incredible place. Uh, did the wrestlers mention their new venue? No, they did. Well, they talked about the. Um, wrestling development thing they're doing right but they didn't want to say where it was being held oh yes okay well, well they are they are they are working on a november uh for their first show for their next show for, yeah the, yeah the third yeah. well the first of the season yes right because they didn't uh, have yeah, one no they didn't say anything it, they didn't the do a they september spoke, show it, did they no no we yeah. were talking about that and they said a they wanted to get the development center up and running mm-hmm and B, a minor thing was the construction going on right near the House of Ancestors. All well, the road work makes it kind of tough for people to Yeah, get I there. don't think they're going to be at the House of Ancestors, okay. though. So. Wow. They're anyway. Mo- they're moving into Copar Memorial Arena and going to sell it? No, those? no. Okay. It's probably going to be the Roller Dome. Ah, okay. As, uh, as we uh, were discussing it off air, it's that... It's like that old pair of shoes that's uh, worn down, but you still... They're comfy and you, you like going there. Yeah. <laughs> you like wearing them, so... Yeah. It'll be an interesting uh, uh, change, I think. Yeah. Anyway. And it, to some extent, it kind of fits as well because, of course, one of the other groups that uses the Roller Dome a lot, logically, yeah. is rated, P, is rated Ra- uh, PG Roller Derby. And a kind of a, a sister sport, if you a will, bit, to yes. professional wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, football. Uh, yes. There. That's your answer. Okay. Not a good weekend for the Kodiaks. Went down to Langley to play the Rams mm-hmm. and lost 52 nothing. Ouch. Yes. It's beginning to look as if even more maybe this year than last year, the uh, BC Football Conference is very much two or three really good teams, a couple of bad teams, and a couple of teams in the middle, and there's definite separation. And right now, at least, the Kodiaks are the team, one of the teams that seems to be in the middle. In the middle, yeah. Yeah, like last year... Expansion team and everything, if you want to put it that way, they were definitely you know, on the lower end. Now, but was that was game one of the doubleheader? They, got, they play again Saturday, hosting Langley here. Yeah. So, so this is this is the chance to see if they learned what yes. they need to do against Langley to at least be in the game. Yes. So we'll find out. Yeah. And then I can't remember where they are the week after that. I'm pretty sure on the road. But then uh, the 30th, as we mentioned a few times, is when they are the Clayton Tanay Kodiaks. Right. For that uh, special Day of Truth and Reconciliation game against the Okanagan Sun. Yep. With the with the special jerseys, we should also mention. Now, did you find out if the Okanagan Sun will have special jerseys? No, but I will for next week. Because that'll be, that'll yes. be kind of cool, too. Yes. Um, let's change. Let's, let's keep talking football, but change to a different type of football. Okay. UNBC Soccer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, on the weekend, not a good weekend for the women. 
They lost 3 nothing to Thompson Rivers and 8-1 to to UBC Okanagan. UBC Okanagan, I think, is one of the top teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are on a Manitoba road trip this weekend. They play at University of Manitoba on Friday and then at Winnipeg on Saturday. The men beat, were hosting, I believe, uh, Thompson Rivers for a pair of games. They beat them 3-1 in the first game, lost 2-1 in the second one. Michael Henman, we talked about him a little bit last year. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. He got off the schneid, if you want to call it that. Got two goals in the first game and another one in the uh, second game. Ended up being named Player of the Week for Canada West. Wow. For the three goals in two games. Yeah. And they've got a rather unusual weekend coming up. They've only got one game, and it is on, I believe it's on the Sunday in Calgary. Ah. So that's a, that's a little bit strange. Yeah. But uh, these things happen. Yep. Okay. I so, kind of, uh, I, I think I happened across a Timberwolves uh, women's soccer player. Oh, the uh, day before yesterday, I think it was mm-hmm. that I I was catching the the bus, mm. the number fifteen up Fifteenth right. Avenue, yeah, and it stopped at UHNBC, and a whole bunch of women got on. Yeah, I'm assuming they were uh, students in the mm-hmm. uh, medical program up okay. at UNBC. Yeah. And one happened to be carrying a soccer ball, so I'm thinking uh, there's a decent chance might be yes. one of the the players from that, that, from the Timberwolves. That may have been their assignment from the coach after they lost eight to one. Everybody carries a soccer ball all week and every chance well, you get. Yeah, no. Or maybe it was a team visit to one, yes. one of the. Well, it could have been the kids. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, ward there, right? Yeah. That, that's yeah. possible. That happens too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking some hockey on Post to Post. The Crisis Centre for Northern BC is presenting a Safe Talk Suicide Prevention Workshop November 4th at your Prince George Public Library. Learn how to prevent suicide by recognizing signs, engaging someone, and connecting them to intervention resources. This is a free workshop for people ages 15 and older, but registration is limited. To register, call the library at 250-563-9251. Safe Talk. A suicide prevention workshop November 4th from 1 to 4 at your Prince George Public Library. The Prince George Potter's Guild is offering the Mira Matheson workshop Functional Altered Vessels Saturday and Sunday at Studio 2880. This two-day class will include a demonstration of assembling components of wheel-thrown, altered, and hand-built clay. Pots will be cut, carved, stamped, scored, and manipulated to create new forms and shapes. Open to all skill levels and interests, Registration is available through the Potter's Guild class link at programs at studio2880.com. Functional Altered Vessels with Mira Matheson, Saturday and Sunday from 9 to 4.30 at Studio 2880. Okay, so we're going to talk hockey now? Yes. So you want to talk NHL first? Because I saw a headline that is uh, okay. Central BC related. Okay, let's go with that thing. And yeah. that is uh, Montreal Canadiens goaltender yes. Carey Price uh, says mm-hmm. the knee's doing okay, but he's but. not sure if he's ever actually yes. going to be able to play goal again. So no. he no. might actually be hanging it up yeah. pretty soon. Which is kind of unfortunate in a way that it had to happen this way where he didn't get the chance to, you know, make sort of that one final tour, if you will. Yeah. But, uh, no, but still been a great career. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, talking hockey, Spruce Kings and the Cougars both got the uh, preseason underway on the weekend. On the road, of course. Mm-hmm. They always play on the road. Mm-hmm. Spruce Kings lost their preseason opener 2-1 to one to Chilliwack. Turned around and beat Langley 4-1 to one the next night. So, good start. They are in trail this weekend for that triple header that we were talking we've been talking about where they create play Cranbrook, Trail, and Powell River. Once each day, I think it even starts tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then they open the season in Salmon Arm on September twenty third. And their first home games, they host Chilliwack on the twenty ninth and Merritt on September the thirtieth at Copar Memorial Arena. So mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how fast. And again, you look at, at the weather today, and you're thinking, "Wait a minute! In two weeks, we're going to be playing hockey for yeah, real." Yeah. <laughs> well, the weather's going to be changing pretty quick here too. Yes. It's uh, starting to get to those overnight lows near freezing and, and risk of frost and risk of frost. Forecast. And a yes. few days where it's just in the mid-teens. Yes. So it's it's getting there. Cougars on the weekend. Um, Again, in Port Coquitlam for a pair of games. They lost 8-4 to to Vancouver in their first one, beat Victoria 5 nothing in the second one. Uh, Joshua Ravensbergen played two periods in goal in that one, and Brady Holtvolt played the third period to get the shutout. Uh, they play Edmonton Friday and Sunday in Grand Cash to wrap up their preseason. And... You might be kind of going, okay, I can understand why they want to take a look at the guys like Joshua Ravensbergen and Brady Holtvolt in goal. Well, you're going to see even more of them in the next couple of weeks, probably. Five Cougars are at NHL training camps, including both of their starting goalies from last year. Yeah. Yeah, Ty Young will be in Vancouver, his second camp with them. And Tyler Brennan will be with New Jersey, his second camp with them. Ethan Sampson... Is at his third camp with the Flyers. Oh, okay. So, so I'm starting to think there's a chance he might stick this time, stick, depending on what right. Philadelphia needs. Yeah. Uh, and well, with the Flyers, they they need oh, a lot. I know. So. <laughs> so they may say, okay, we got a young kid here who's looked decent in his first two camps here, and he's still playing well with Prince George. Yeah. Let's keep him around. See what happens. Yeah. And then two players at their first camps. No big surprise here because they were just drafted this season. Yeah. Uh, Riley Height heading to the Minnesota training camp. Keen Zimmer to the L.A. Kings training camp. Ah. And I would say, not knowing specifically anything about the situation, I don't think either Riley or Keen will be sticking. No. They'll both be coming back. It's just a question of how long before they get back. Yeah. It's uh, second rounders. Yeah. Pretty rare for them to stick. Yeah. Ethan, as we were saying, chance he might stick with Philadelphia this year, partly because, as you say, it's always easier for a rookie to stick when the team isn't all that good. Yeah, or it's going through that whole rebuilding stage, right? And you rebuild young. And both the goalies, the two ties, Ty Young and Tyler Brennan, Mm -hmm. they're in their second camps each, and that's the sort of thing where I I don't think either will be the starting goalie. Well, the, the, the thing is, they're goalies. Yes. And generally, goaltenders, you let them go through the ranks and yes. eventually make the NHL. Yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's that one position that I, t- I think takes, well, it, it does. It takes longer for oh. the average goaltender to make the NHL yeah. than it does for a defenseman or a forward. Yes. Um, 
so yeah, I, I would say they're likely to get sent back and eventually play uh, like minor, minor league team league, for, their, uh, for their NHL hockey team. to yeah. start really their professional yes. career. Yeah. But that, of course, would be good news for the Cougars. Oh, the yeah. Team, and the other nice thing is you've got the five guys off at NHL camps for the next couple of weeks. Well, that gives you more chance to look at your kids. Yeah. And then, of course, then comes the bad news where you got to tell the kids, okay, Tyler came back, so you're heading back to your... Well, they'll they'll be expecting it. Oh yeah. And for them, it's it's really a chance to to show that they're ready when yes. needed, right? Yeah. Uh, either with the Cougars or perhaps some other, uh, yeah, junior A team, yeah. right? And a game with guys like well, again, just sticking with the goaltenders, uh, Joshua Ravensbergen, Brady Holtvoit. Um, depending on where they're playing their minor hockey. They may end up being a call up to the Cougars when the Cougars make, take a road trip through there because that's right. what they do a lot of times yep. is they'll call up somebody, and it's not even just because of injuries. Sometimes they'll just call somebody up and give them a shot in the WHL, just give them some experience. In yeah, the give, WHL give them level. a game here or there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, did you get the Cougar or the uh, Spruce Kings trade or acquisition? No. no, I did not. From last Thursday. Wow. Okay. Uh, they acquired uh, Noah. La Framboise. Okay, I think I actually had that last week. Well, uh, the media release says it was on the 7th. Okay. So this is the 13th. Last week would have been the 6th. Yeah. So I don't know. I I have special sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, uh, get this, Mm 6'1", defenseman, 179 pounds, born 2005. Okay. From Ottawa, Ontario. It doesn't say... uh, no. Uh, well, I guess I got to read the written release, but yeah. that's what the little card says here. Yeah, two thousand five, so eighteen, 18. basically. Yeah. yeah. Did they say anything about where he played last year or anything? Or oh, hang on, I got to yeah. bring up the the written one. Ah, okay. Uh, they have a little card that they did up oh. uh, from the West Colonial Warriors in exchange for future considerations. Oh, okay. Yeah, he played forty seven games for the Warriors. Uh, he, last season, one goal, seven assists. Okay, but you know when you're uh, six foot three, you're not necessarily the scoring defenseman. No, yeah, you got that big reach and yeah. that huge frame. So yes, it'd be good to see. And you were saying he was what six three hundred and seventy nine pounds or something? Yeah, he's so he's got he's some got, weight he's to put some, on. He's got some weight <laughs> to put out on. To do, yeah, yeah, which is pretty normal at that age. Yeah. Sounds like he may have hit his growth spurt in terms of height, and yeah. now it's just the filling out part. And so, just one final thing that we can pass along, and that is uh, iSpark. Mm. They've got uh, big leadership training programs coming up, and for our area, it is October the third and fourth, and I believe uh, registration deadline is coming up uh, this week. So. All the details, of course, available on their website, ispark.ca. With a C. Yes, I-S-P-A-R-C dot C-A. Uh, registration deadline, actually, September the 18th. Okay, so, so that's, that's uh, well, not, even, Monday. not even a week away. Next Monday, so, yeah. Yep. Okay, that'll do it for uh, today's show. We'll be back next Wednesday, 1 o'clock, with some more Post to Post. 
You're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFIS-FM is owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.